broadcasting from the heart of commie-controlled America, the no-bullshit bearer of doom and gloom, opium-free broadcast, the most important hour of your day. All right, good morning, good evening, good afternoon, wherever you are in the world. My name is Josh, that is Vince Tagliavia, this is the Red Bull Project's Daily Dose, live with you Monday through Thursday, 8.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 6.30 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. This is where we bring you the unfolding global conspiracy. And it looks like DLive isn't connecting. Let me see what's going on here. Uh, we typically have problems every once in a while. I get it. I understand. And let me On Rumble, too, huh? Let me see. Rumble says, waiting to upload video to storage. One person watching. Looks like it's me. It says recording in progress. It says live on my end. D live. We are up on D live. Okay. Um, go ahead and uh, verify Rumble for me. Nothing. Is that anybody having some problems on Rumble? Is Rumble having problems again? Good googly moogly, huh? Hello, everybody. How are everybody out there? How is everybody doing today? Hope everybody is doing well. And let me go in here. Let me do a, a little switcheroo with Rumble. See if this works. And let me go. Boom. And boom. All right. That works. Is everybody is our oh, so I just got a 500 service unavailable on Rumble. I think Rumble's having some problems again. Okay, well, the show must go on. Rumble is uh, says waiting to upload video. I did a refresh and it just completely went out. So that's right. That's why we have multiple places. That's right. Uh, so this is the uh, Red Pill Project's Daily Dose. This is where we bring you the unfolding global conspiracy of communism coming to America, the Great Reset Agenda 2030, Codex Elementarius, which we'll mention that a little bit tonight, what that was, as well as the infiltration of communism into the United States of America, the undermining of our constitution, the infiltration of our political, our economic, our social, our cultural, and our academic systems. This is where we bring you that narrative. Vince is muted. Can't hear Vince. Here we go again. Well, I think I know what that problem is. It's the same problem that we have every night. <laughs> now you can hear Vince. Thank you, everybody. How y'all doing? Good to be here, Josh. Happy Thursday. Coming upon the weekend. That's right. Vince is uh, now not muted. I, You know, I, I don't know what happened. Well, OBS needs to get updated, and that's probably what it is. I'm scared um, to update mine. I'm just well, going to leave it. I'm going to do it tonight and, and update it and, and just test it out later. Is uh, right. Can you guys give me a 5-5 five, five on Vince? Uh, testing, testing. 5-5, five, five, please. Let's get a 5-5. Five, five. Can you hear me? Yeah, I hear myself. Okay. We're good. Okay, cool, cool. All right. Well, you know, October has started. It's obviously an interesting one so far. We have uh, a few things happening in the world. <laughs> um, you know, the threat of nuclear war just is uh, the, the, yeah. the biggest thing. And um, we have fear politics, fear propaganda. We have uh, 
um, both sides fighting at it. What I mean by that is you have the multiple factions of the War of the Roses, the globalists, who are fighting each other. And then you have the the factions of... Oh, I'm not fired tonight, Ray. <laughs> and then we have the multiple factions of the, the what we would call the Patriots fighting back as well. And so today, what, what did we have, Vince? What was like, a, oh, you know what? I know what the breaking story was today. This It was this one. Feds have evidence to charge Hunter Biden, president's son, is under investigation for tax issues, possibly gun law violations. Uh, the new report out in the Washington documents federal agents believe they now have enough evidence to charge Hunter Biden, Joe Biden, some counts of related to tax offenses and lying during the purchase of a handgun. Hunter Biden has been a nonstop scandal for Joe Biden since he was vice president. Hunter Biden repeatedly has engaged in business deals with foreign interests, sometimes enemies of the U.S., and what has given the appearance of influence operations. And so I, I think there is one specific photo they were talking about. I, I posted it on my Twitter and I said, uh, laptop pictures matter. Uh, oh, by the way, oh, let's go ahead and make that announcement, right? Boom, there we go. Look at that, guys. Is that Red Pills TV, Red Pilling the World on Twitter? Red Pill the World on Twitter. That is me back with my mere 74 followers. I guess the less followers you have, the less attention you bring to yourself. But uh, Elon Musk must have did something. You get that guy un unblocked. And this account I've had for a while is one of our backup accounts. But I've been locked out of it. They they kind of deleted it. And all of a sudden, I went to go in the other day, and it let me log in. And I was like, yeah, okay, cool. All right, start here. The great news for great news for the great state's Senate and our country itself, little, and he used the L-I-D-D-L-E, Ben Sasse, the lightweight senator from the great state of Nevada, Nebraska, Nebraska, will be resigning. If he knew he was going to if he knew he was going to resign so early in his term, why did he run in the first place? And so this is kind of Donald Trump, I think, hinting that um, that Sass or Sasse or however the hell you pronounce his name. Um, maybe has something coming up, maybe some charges that pertain to little. What does that mean? Well, that's typically reserved for a little Adam Schiff, and we know what he did um, at a, a hotel, the standard hotel, um, with, with children. And so maybe Ben there uh, might have some criminal charges coming up, and this is why he is uh, resigning so early. Yeah, it's interesting. Biden, I mean, uh, Trump really put him on blast today. Trump did. I mean, he, you know, Trump was, uh, he kind of went on a little uh, a little run today saying, they called us conspiracy theorists, but now Connex CEO, you, has been arrested. And look at this. I mean, he sold 27 million poll workers information to the CCP. I mean, I wonder yeah. what the CCP would want with that information. I mean, Good Lord. you know, the, the government that is set up on basically coercing, blackmailing people. I mean, why would they want poll, poll workers' information? I mean, maybe just money shows up in these poll workers' accounts with a little note in their mailbox that says, do the right thing, turn a blind eye. I don't know. I know, right? We need a mod over there on DLive. I'm not sure if we have a, a mod. Uh, we have a few mods. Who? Uh, which one is it? Soviet Comrade USSR. Um, so we come, I'm zolding on Twitch while you're, you are, uh, gone. Bye. Thank you. Uh, sorry about that. Yep. We got him. We got him. It's a great thing about D live. It's just really easy. 
And then, so what we'll do is, uh, I'm going to go in here, Vinci Pooh, you are going to be set a moderator. And we got Patriot Pisces, we'll right, set her as a moderator. Behave yourselves, I have the power. <laughs> I have, I have the conk. <laughs> Don Maga. All right. Moderator. All you right. Know, we, we that Hunter Biden story, though, if we could just rewind. Yeah, go ahead. Kind of ridiculous in a way. To me, it seems like the least kind of offensive thing that he's done, they're going to find him guilty on those, maybe, or investigate or go forward with it. But they, there's so much more he's done, right? Mm -hmm. Um, they look closer, they might see, you know, he ripped his mattress tag off or, you know, other heinous crimes. I don't know. Well, we have the laptop. And we know that the FBI has multiple copies of the laptops. And, uh, you know, someone someone said earlier, this is how they got Capone. True. Right? Okay. So it's like their foot's in the door. Right. They, they bring him in, and all of a sudden they start uncovering a whole bunch of other stuff, and they bring other charges up on him. And, um, okay. Yeah. Who knows what regard, could happen to this? This is big. This is good. And, and this is uh, the, the, you know, Trump had this post earlier. And see if I can find it real quick. It's pretty. Uh... And where is it? Yeah, and I guess uh, we're doing an after chat tonight, a bonus after chat, huh? We are. We're going to do a I'm going to be on there for like an hour. So I'll come I'll hop on about 9 p.m. Mountain time, um, 11 p.m. Eastern time. And we're going to do an after chat Q&A tonight for anybody who wants to join in on that. You just have to be a member of the social dot com to get in on that. So that is a one announcement that we kind of have. But this is Donald Trump on True Social. The really big stuff. This is really big stuff. When this came out, everybody said um, that they were conspiracy theorists. And now it turns out to be true. Congratulations to Byron York. Why isn't the FBI and Department of Justice doing something? This is a big piece of what they said happened. And it did indeed happen. All of the people, Los Angeles District Attorney George Gashon, arrested him. And this is a George Soros DA. That's the interesting thing. And he's talking about this article right here um, from, I'm sorry, this article right here from Byron York. When a conspiracy theory, theory turns out to be not a theory. Um, Connect, I think it's Connect, Connect, a small election software company that has just 27 employees, 21 based in Michigan, in Michigan and six based in Australia. The paper reported that Connect has been the target of election deniers who have made it the focus of a new conspiracy theory about the 2020 presidential election. Using the threadbare evidence, or none at all, the New York Times' Stuart Thompson reported that election deniers said Connock had secret ties to the Chinese Communist Party and had given the Chinese government backdoor access to personal data of about 2 million poll workers in the United States. In the last two years, the New York Times added, conspiracy theorists have subjected election officials and private companies that play a major role in elections to a barrage of outlandish voter fraud claims. But now, the attacks on Connock just demonstrate how far-right election deniers are also giving more attention to new and more secondary companies and groups. Connick officials assured the New York Times that none of the accusations were true. Thompson reported that employees feared for their safety from right-wing violence and that Connick's founder and chief executive officer, Eugene Yu, an American citizen who immigrated from China in 1986, went into hiding with his family after receiving threatening messages. Fast forward one day, 24 hours, New York Times published another story about Connick. This one headlined election software executive arrested on suspicion of theft. Thompson reported that you had been arrested by Los Angeles County officials in connection with the investigation, the possible theft of personal information about poll workers. And it turns out that this was all 
true, that it wasn't a conspiracy theory. And this was uh, this was Greg Phillips and all them with the 2000 mules and true to vote who put this information out there. And now we're seeing arrests coming from this information. So if people want to say 2000 mules is absolute, you know, conspiracy theory and it's propaganda and BS, then why are arrests actually coming from it? And so I'm hoping other state attorney generals are doing the same thing. They're out there, they're investigating, they're going to bring up charges, especially really fast, because we need things to happen pretty fast. We have roughly one month, one month for things to happen, about 32 days. Mm-hmm. And it's coming up quick, man. Unbelievable. It is. Senate Democrats face brutal 2024 map with at least eight undecided incumbents. Of the 33 Senate seats up for the election next term, 23 are held by Democrats. That makes for a tough cycle. And it gets even harder if incumbents choose not to run. And so even as the caucus pushes to expand the 50-50 majority this fall, it's bracing for a fight to defend 23 seats to the GOP's 10 in the next election cycle. Many of them red and purple territory against a backdrop. At least eight members of Chuck Schumer's caucus are agonizing over whether to run again, and a couple hail from states that may be lost to the GOP if the incumbent bows out. Several senators are waiting to see how the midterms shake out in a month before making any moves, according to interviews and statements from 22 of the 23 sitting Democrats up in 2024. And holding the majority this fall in a tough environment could help keep those incumbents happier for running for election. And and I think what we're seeing here is we're seeing the downfall of the Democrat Party. This is what we're seeing. We're seeing the downfall of the Democratic Party. it's, It's tumbling. It's destabilizing. It's going away because they've ran this country in the ground way too long, far too long, and too many damn times. And this one right now is being noticed on both sides yeah, of the have, political spectrum. You have the people that aren't on the extreme sides of the spectrum just sitting in the middle like, you seen this shit? Oh my gosh. It's obvious to lefties and righties or anywhere mm-hmm. in between, man. Even quite liberal people are waking up in the mainstream. It's kind of beautiful so i'm kind of excited to see what happens hopefully they don't get too desperate and do well, crazy things you know there's that florida poll that came out that democrat voters are aligning towards gop conservative candidates 75 percent um which is up from 2020 uh in in the spectrum of the the 2020 election with donald trump um and then we get this right here this is from cnn a huge drop cnn reports on black voters are running away from democrats I have to say, today I saw that clip and I was happy to watch CNN for a second. That's right. And let's see if this plays. Okay, that's not going to play. I got to I gotta switch it so Vince, you'll be muted for just one second. I'm going to go ahead and switch this like this. We'll play this clip. Here, this is black voters' electoral preferences and pre-election polling. Look, black voters are the part, the core part of the Democratic Party. And as you can see here in the race for Congress, look, They're still getting 74% support in the pre-election polling right now. But compare that to the final polling for 2020 president and 2018 Congress. Back in 2020, it was 84%, 85% in 2018. So you're clearly seeing right here that there is less support for Democratic candidates for Congress among African-Americans. And you can look at the Republican column as well, and you can see that 12%, not exactly high, but that's actually the high watermark. It was 9% in 2020, 9% in 2018. So basically what was about a 75, 76 point margin is now down in the low 60s. So look, Democrats still well ahead with African-Americans, but in a game in which you're trying to drive up margins, the margin among African-Americans for Democrats is clearly down. So what's going on here? What's the 
Okay, I'm going to go ahead and switch back because that was basically the gist of it. And uh, this is interesting because, firstly, we know that these polls initially are skewed. That there's no way that the, the Democrats are getting 74% of the black vote. Um, too many people are waking up around the world. I remember watching videos on TikTok and Twitter um, just a few months ago of people going through the inner city neighborhoods and asking people who they voted for. And they're all like, Donald Trump, Donald Trump, Joe Biden Everybody. stole the election. And we're seeing this everywhere. And so as much as the Democrats want to want us to believe that these people are dumb, they're not. They're highly intelligent human beings. They're human beings. And, and they understand economic times. They understand economic policy. They understand politics. And they know that the Democrats are systematically the ones who have ran minority people into the ground financially, socially, culturally. And I think that they're just done with it. And I think we're going to have a massive turnout of minority voters this year in the midterms that are going to be the turning point in this election. And the ironic thing is, I think a big part of that is the disaster that was Black Lives Matter, the Black Lives Matter movement. Well, what was this with Candace Owens today? Didn't she give like a preview of her? um, Yeah, pull that up and and send that over to me. But I'm going to I'm going to go ahead and play this next clip. This is Cash Patel, Retruth by Donald Trump. I got to go ahead and change the volume one more time. All right. In October of 2020, he issued a sweeping declassification order for every Russiagate document and every single Hillary Clinton document. Then on the way out of the White House, he issued further declassification orders, declassifying whole sets of documents. And this is a key fact that most Americans are missing. President Trump, as a sitting president, is a unilateral authority for declassification. He can literally stand over a set of documents and say, these are now declassified. And that is done with definitive action immediately. The fact that the bureaucrats at NARA, who referred, remember, the National Archives are the ones that referred this to the Department of Justice, but they, the same principle, failed to refer Hillary Clinton to the Department of Justice when they got their hands on the uh, classified emails from those servers. And switching gears a little bit to the national security officials involved, you know, me as a former national security prosecutor in the national security division where this case is being run out of, it's no surprise that the likes of John Carlin, who was the assistant attorney general for national security, who authorized a Russiagate hoax to begin with, is now the number three official at DOJ. And Lisa Monaco is the wow. number two official who was his superior back then. In October- Okay, now I want to a- ask you guys, in one second, Vince, I'll bring you back in here. Thank you very much. Why is that video, Retruth Today, October 6th, important? <laughs> it's probably correlated to something. Are you going to bring it up? Well, I, I want I want people to see if they noticed last night. No. Okay. Last night on the show, I showed Deltas from October 6th, 2020. Yes, you did. Right? These ones right here. He gave up everything, his new life and his life of his family would forever change. He knows the consequences of a man who had everything. Why do it? Right? Right. And then there is 4815. It says below it, Red October. What's it say? I have fully authorized the total declassification of any and all documents pertaining to the single greatest political crime in history, American history, the Russia hoax. Likewise, the Hillary Clinton email scandal, no redactions. That was the anniversary date of that Q post and of Donald Trump's declassification when Cash Patel comes out, retweeted by Richard Grinnell, 
and Donald Trump on October 6th. Wow. How about that? What are the odds? You know, astronomical. No quinkadinks. This is on purpose. That's right. Wow. Beautiful. And I talked about it last night, and I said, oh, I wonder what's going to happen tomorrow. What happened tomorrow is Cash Patel literally went on Fox News, talked about that actual declassification, which correlated directly to a Q post on that date and the declassification anniversary from Donald Trump on that date. Well, this one's actually from 8-14-2022. So that, that video is from 8-14-2022. But they reposted it today. Significant. They're telling you something. That that information is coming out. Yes. Put it all out there. I haven't changed your audio back yet, Vince. Give me a second. Oh. Okay. Before I bring Vince back in, let's play this. We had a lot of videos. We're video heavy today. But I want to play uh, Ukraine Zelensky calls out NATO to launch preemptive strikes against Russia to eliminate the possibility of Russian nuclear strike. Let's listen to this real quick. Um, I know it's in Ukrainian, Slavic language, but. Okay. I forgot it was in Ukrainian, so you guys wouldn't be able to hear it anyway. And people listening in the audio be like, dude, I don't speak this language. Okay, Vince, you are back in. So why is this important what Zelensky's saying right here? I, I, I want I want to dig into this a little bit. It's okay. All right. Oh, you guys could hear Vince. Oh. Now, um, now I bet you can't. <laughs> I'm getting so I'm so confused over here. Vince, go ahead. All right, there we go. All right, so Vladimir Putin on the annexation day, on the referendum day when they made the referendum. You remember everybody was waiting for Vladimir Putin's speech about the troop movement and when he mobilized 300,000 Russian troops and it was yeah. delayed a day because his buddy just happened to fall down some stairs and almost die. Yeah, I recall. Okay. The next day, Vladimir Putin came out and he talked in his speech and he says, U.S. military classified documents have said directly to NATO that they planned a preemptive strike on Russian missile sites. Vladimir Putin said this. And basically what happened is Putin has people in the intelligence agencies in his community. They got these documents from the U.S. military that showed the U.S. military was planning a preemptive missile strike on Russian nuclear sites. Okay. Now we're seeing Zelensky come out and say the United States and NATO need to bomb the shit out of Russian nuclear sites because there's going to be a nuclear war if you don't. Well, guess what? If the United States did that, there would be a nuclear war right then and there. Russia would launch. Yeah. Okay. And yeah, I was looking into it a little further. I guess he said this a while back before the February invasion into Ukraine by Russia or special military operation, as they call it. But, you know, whoever gets depends who you ask. Uh, so they wanted to do that prior to any of this actually going down, which you're right. It would go directly to a nuclear war anyway. Mm hmm. Uh, quite alarming, and I see the dot you're connecting. I think it's that we're going to find out that what Putin had said is true, 
well, yes and no. Okay. What are your thoughts there? I'm I'm looking behind the narrative. Hmm. Okay. Now, we've had a lot of rhetoric. Putin has warned the West. We will go to nuclear war. We will launch the 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 stealth sub is out there. Russia only knows where it is. Nobody else knows where it is. Okay, it is carrying tsunami, freaking nuclear radiation, water missiles. Okay, and Putin has warned the West over and over and over again. Let's get into the mind of Putin for a second. We're playing five D chess here, right? Okay, Putin didn't have to say in his speech a few weeks ago that he had intercepted that intelligence from the NATO and the United States about preemptive strikes on Russia. Didn't have to say that because that kind of maybe gave up his source, right? Potentially. If we think about intelligence gathering and sources, how would he have had that information? He must have a spy working that got those documents, which potentially could give them up. So he said that as a warning to the West. We know what you're planning on doing. Now, Zelensky comes out today and says this specifically, that the U.S. needs to use weapons to preemptively strike Russian missile sites. Yes. Before they what? Nuke Ukraine. So, this has been nothing but false flags. Maripol, all the dead civilians in Maripol. We go go back to Maripol. And you remember the news media, the mainstream media was propagating that Russia killed a whole bunch of civilians? Yeah. Okay. The problem with that theory is those those civilians were carrying green, had green wristbands, which means that they had been checked in by the Russian military and accepted to migrate over to Russia, to evacuate to Russia. They were carrying bags of supplies, basically bug out bags given to them by the Russian military. An hour before... They died. There's a video out there showing the Azov soldiers pulling these people out of their cars and beating the piss out of them. An hour later, all those people are dead and they blame it on Russia. We've had nothing but false flags. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. A lot of these instances constantly all year. Mm-hmm. Now, Russia, two days ago, after the annexation was completed and they constitutionally brought those regions in and are now demanding from Ukraine to release those regions. They asked for the transference of power of the Zaporizhia nuclear power plant. Okay. This is the same nuclear power plant that we've seen been being shelled by Ukrainian military, but blamed on Russia. Now we don't know what's underneath that nuclear power plant. Got our speculation. But what I'm thinking is being set up here. This is what the narrative, if you look, is being talked about. Is that there's going to be a nuclear incident in Ukraine. They're going to blame it on Russia. And whether it's intelligence that comes out and says this, I think that the, the United States military might be utilized as that catalyst to do what Zelensky's talking about. Because they're setting it up. you got to remember, they got to stop Russia. They, the globalists cannot move forth with Russia doing what they're doing can't and they still they have their backs against the wall they're losing the information war they're losing the social and cultural war okay yeah and so the only thing that they have left is a kinetic war that comes about brings about a point of global destabilization the only way that the globalists can do that 
to kind of regain their power is to cancel the U.S. elections, firstly. Now, what type of event globally would crash the economy, bring it about the Great Reset, cancel the United States midterm elections, would uh, send all able-bodied American men overseas to war a nuclear yeah. incident? Oh, yeah, absolutely, dude. And it allows the U.S. and every other NATO uh, member to throw the kitchen sink at the problem and mm -hmm. just, you know, really end all, really end the financial system for good. They're going to yeah. push so much fear. Russia's going to kill us all with nukes. We well, just throw it, trillions at this. And honestly, my biggest fear is not Russia launching nukes. It's the deep state, it's the cabal using some type of dirty bomb or nuclear weapon in Ukraine and blaming it on Russia. And what, creating a larger scale war. There you go. What yeah. did they just do to the Nord Stream pipeline? I mean, this is irrefutable <laughs> evidence that we've seen with the Nord Stream pipeline. The U.S. did this. Okay. And the global community knows this. Yeah. It's obvious. Yeah. And so Russia has been warning us. You know, when Russia's sitting, when, when Vladimir Putin's sitting out there saying all these things, you got to remember, he, he's not necessarily talking to the Russian people. He's talking to the global population. The whole world's watching. And he's saying, these people have been planning this for a long time. They're a satanic order. They're trying to implement totalitarian states. Yeah. Um, we're trying to stop them. We're trying to save our people in, in Ukraine who want to be with us. Um, yeah. And they will stop at nothing. They will go to nuclear war. And I just want to let them know we're ready. Yeah. And your point uh, of uh, this has been going on for a long time that Putin has made. Uh, makes me think maybe Putin has this, this information from maybe this information Putin has about these attacks on his country are from uh prior to the last couple of years and he acquired that information uh, so it looks like rumble's still not working so let me see here let me help people out i want to i want to get people on don't know what's going on with rumble send them to facebook But I think the potential for that false flag is there, and that would definitely crash the economy overnight. Well, yeah, I, I, I think that's the point, is they need global destabilization on a large scale. And I think that that's what we're seeing. And Russia is making preparations exactly for this. And I think that's what North Korea is doing as well. Is you you got to look at all the power figures right now. Imagine this is a 5D game of chess, okay? <clears throat> 5D game of chess. And you have, you know, 20 players on the table you know why is north korea firing missiles over japan they're just like hey we're here no well, i think they're saying hey some bitch we're coming for you they can because they're they a can. proxy for china and china don't like japan yeah definite definite posturing definitely massive posturing globally and, and us, the people, are being fed nothing but lines of propaganda. You have the $230 million buy of oh, yeah. radiation uh, radiation medicine uh, by HHS. Now, what's interesting about that is the $230 million is nothing. It's a, that's a piss in the wind. Sure. So let me ask you this. Who's that medicine for? I think it's for the news. I think it's just a story. I think they just want to scare the shit out of everybody and kind of go towards the narrative that you're talking about 
So if you're a corrupt, complicit, sedition, seditious, and treasonous government where your people hate you and are about probably ready to overthrow you or at least vote you out, mm-hmm. and you know this and you want to retain power, and let's say a nuclear incident happens, what gets initiated immediately once a nuclear event happens globally? Probably Do you know this? No, I don't know. So it's called the War, T- War Powers Act, Okay. And this is where presidential emergency action documents come into play with various powers given to the president during this time. The suspension of habeas corpus, Directive 51, um, where, and I've said this before, the international incident of a nuclear event would immediately throw our government into something known as continuity of government, COG. Hmm. Continuity of government. I think you've talked about this before. Well, we have. This is that whole devolution theory, which I disagree okay. with. Exactly. But okay. it would throw in, basically, it initiate continuity of government. Where Washington, D.C. would be a prime target, Colorado would be a prime target. All these various targets now for nuclear war would de-evolve their federal power to various points. And this happens naturally. Okay? Now, think about the amount of people in the government who are within that sustainment of continuity of government. Um, that's who that's for. It's not for you and me. It's not for the American people. The radiation medicine, right? The radiation medicine is for them during the continuity of government. Now, also during this, we have Directive 51, which I've talked about before, Directive 63, where the president gets to suspend habeas corpus as well as identify dissenters who could be a threat to the continuity of government and begin detaining them indefinitely. Yeah, like unvaccinated people. Well, how about Republicans, conservatives, the right? Yeah, definitely. That's what it'll be. The narrative's already there. We see it. I hate to say, but I think that's their plan. That's the only way they can come out here victorious is by doing something stupid like this. Oh, my gosh, dude. But you know what? I think that uh, we see here the Russian nuclear submarine armed with doomsday weapon disappears from the Arctic Harbor. Um, I think that you could potentially, and you know what? I don't know what Vladimir Putin and Donald Trump talked about in Holinsky. I don't know what they've talked about. I don't know what they planned, but I think we all realize that all, all of the countries that Donald Trump visited, Saudi Arabia, Turkey, Russia, China, mm-hmm. they all seem to be against the globalist. They, they might want their own world. Who cares about that? But they're all against the globalist, the elitist. And what if they put the United States in a position similar to the Bay of Pigs? What would what would commence? What would commence? And so, let's say a nuclear incident happens in Ukraine, mm-hmm. the international community. Oh my God! Russia did this. And the Russian sub pops up and says, we did not do this. This was the United States of America. Investigate or we will launch. And while you're at it, investigate the 2020 election fraud. And while you're at it, investigate this. And I have a feeling that before this event happens, there's going to be a data dump. There's going to be a... And you know what? They're probably waiting for Is we're talking about the D-class coming from Donald Trump. We're talking about him releasing the crossfire hurricane binder, Hillary Clinton emails, this type of stuff that he's already declassified. 
I think on the day that that stuff comes out is the day that this event happens. That makes sense. You know, you do see this happening uh, where large events happen on the same date to take away from the other, you know? Okay. And, and I don't mean the, the, the uh, I saw, uh, saw a comment here and I want to comment on this. Okay. I know there's been a lot of people out there who've said that Donald Trump is still president and commander in chief. Um, I've completely disproved one of these people and have shown evidence that the other one is incorrect. All right. Uh, so when we say that Trump has the nuclear soup briefcase, I would disagree. Did it travel with him to Florida on Air Force One? Yes, because he was still president when he left. But there's more than one nuclear briefcase. And if he does have it, show me a picture of him with it. Because it would be by his side everywhere he goes. And nobody has been able to provide this picture. And so Donald Trump, I do believe, has factions of the military loyal to him. I do believe that there is a special access program in operation to take down the deep state and the cabal. Okay? But Donald Trump is definitely not president. Donald Trump is definitely not commander-in-chief. Now, Kelly, I appreciate that comment. Derek Johnson would disagree. I've interviewed Derek Johnson twice. The first time I got in trouble because I disagreed with him. The second time I just let him talk and uh, belittle me with his, uh, with his antics. Uh, but here's what I'll say about Derek Johnson. If, if you go to Derek Johnson's website, okay, which is the documents dot info okay i'm gonna pull this up for you guys okay the first thing it says is fact check this i did i only had to click on the first one where he does this kind of uh this kind of overview mm -hmm. and i fact checked everything he said and majority of the stuff that he talks about is absolute wrong and bullshit now for everybody out there, Derek Johnson basically claims that Donald Trump is still president and commander-in-chief because of executive orders that he initiated when he was president that mobilized the National Guard for the inauguration, that mobilized election voting fraud 1-13-848, and that since Congress has never um, went in and reviewed these executive orders or done anything with them, that means that Donald Trump is still president. Okay? Now, unfortunately, that's not the case. And I'm going to show you why that's not the case. And there's a very specific reason. Because Derek Johnson's understanding of how executive orders work is completely wrong. And I know it's wrong because I've researched this. When I was researching devolution theory, I researched this. And I'm going to read to you an excerpt from a, a blog that I've been working on for a long time. But this is directly from the U.S. federal government, pertaining to executive orders and Congress and the president. Congress has delegated at least 136 distinct statutory emergency powers to the president, each available upon the declaration of an emergency. Only 13 of these executive orders require a declaration from Congress. Only 13 out of the 136. The remaining 123 are assumed by an executive declaration with no further congressional input. That right there, that little line right there, the basis of his whole theory is that Trump is still commander-in-chief because of these three executive orders that Congress never went in and did anything with. That right there disproves his whole fucking theory. 
Congress doesn't have to do anything with them. A president can declare a national emergency. In 1979, Jimmy Carter went and declared a national emergency on Iran. That executive order has been redone by every single president, has been reissued by every single president since Jimmy Carter. Okay, It's still active today. Does that mean Jimmy Carter is still president? No. Absolutely not. It doesn't. And see, president is an arbitrary term when it comes to legalese within the federal government. The president title carries over with the constitutional election. Now, I know Donald Trump is obviously the legitimate president, but in the sense of the legal process of what happens, the state certified, Congress certified, and then we had the actual inauguration. Okay. Now, okay. So Tracy asked, what about the funeral he's talking about? Great question, Tracy. And let me go ahead and see if I can find this. What you're talking about is he claims that the inauguration when VP Harris and Biden went to um, went to the uh, cemetery, they only did a 13-gun salute. Nope, that, that, that's actually incorrect. They that's did a 21-gun salute. They did a... Two volley, they have three, they have three cannons. One of them is used for misfires. The other two go back and forth, and they did 13. Or sorry, they did 21. The reason he says they did 13 is because his research is so shitty that he only went out there and found a one minute and 30 second video directly on it, which only shows 13 volleys. He didn't bother to go find the actual video of it, which I have, and that's what I was just looking for. So, and, and I mean, I can go on. He claims in his thing that um, executive orders are immediate law. They're not. We just had another ruling on DACA with Joe Biden. Okay, do you remember when Donald Trump sued Barack Obama for the DACA executive order? Yeah. The Supreme Court ruled that Donald Trump can't do that since DACA is not law. Donald Trump was showing you something there, that executive orders are not law okay so and i actually wrote it up in here but basically what they are is an executive order is a interpretation of policy of administrative policy of which congress has the ability to make law okay okay so an executive order is not immediate law then he goes on to talk about peds and, and this is where I get devolution theory. Absolutely, I, I say that it's not true. And the reason I say this is because of Article 2 of the Constitution. You can, the president cannot have more power than issued to him by the Constitution. Period. Plain and simple. That's it. The president... So think about this. In the sense of devolution or the devolution of government, the president can't, through a classified emergency declaration, okay, classified P, declare devolution, put it in the hands of one person, not tell anybody else, and then walk away. Okay, he doesn't have that power or authority because the delegation of powers for devolution or contingency of government lie outside of the power of the president. They lie with Congress, they lie with FEMA, they lie with administrative officials, there are certain procedures that must be followed. This is why I'm vehemently against these two theories. So in my opinion, and from the research that I've done and compiled, Donald Trump definitely is not president and definitely is not commander in chief. Are there military generals who are loyal to Donald Trump? Yeah. Is there a special access program? 
Yep, there is. And, and I think that we've uncovered enough evidence right here to understand that there is a special military project. What I mean by that is you have to go back and you have to understand the name Raisin Dan Kane. Major General Dan Kane, who he was, what he did, what he did in Syrus, uh, Syria with the ISIS caliphate, and then where he went directly after from 2019 to, or 2018 to 2020 under Donald Trump, and who this guy is specifically on September 11th. Once you understand that whole scenario, you can understand that there's only certain people who can set up special access programs. The President of the United States, certain members of Congress and Senate, military generals, and the head of the special access program who reviews it and initiates all the funding. Another aspect of this is that executive orders. Why do we have executive orders if they are not law? Because they're very similar. If you remember the FBI documents that came out last June um, that Project Veritas put out there, those documents came out because they're bringing an investigatory, investigatory perspective into what they would call right-wing militia violence, right? Mm -hmm. Domestic violence, whatever you want to call it. Sure. And see, what that does is when you produce those types of documents in the government, including executive orders, it releases funding through the congressional budget. That's the key. Okay. The key is money. It releases money and it creates a project around that administrative policy, that, uh, that, that document, that bulletin that's being put out there is it brings money into that situation. Uh, okay. I was unaware of that. Yep. And so, yeah, I mean, and I'll, I'll post this blog here soon. I'm actually going to do a video on it uh, because to be honest, I, I, I like Derek. I met him in uh, St. Paul. I think he's a nice guy. I think he's a patriot. I think that he's true to heart. Um, but I don't think he's, I think he's very bad at research and I fact checked him and within just the first few paragraphs, it's loaded with errors. It's loaded with mistakes, misinterpretation of the law, not understanding what laws actually are. Um, he claims that in Trump's executive order that Trump labeled, um, November 3rd, 2020 directly in the executive order. There's no mention of that date. He's talking about the, um, uh, a maritime law. Okay, right. that is being prepared and he calls it maritime law, but it's not maritime law. Maritime law has to do specifically with the 100 mile radius of the coastal territories and 100 miles plus outward. Maritime law is international law and that we have the Coast Guard and other types of maritime enforcement agencies that adopt certain rules, regulations and protocols, but dependent upon maritime law. And so it's not maritime law. It, it's just a it's a trade. Um, it's a trade regulation law. Basically, he was trying to say that all the supplies during post-COVID that came into the um, the ports were being seized by the U.S. Navy and the Coast Guard under that executive order. That was Charlie uh, Charlie Ward who came up with that first theory. It's completely incorrect and wrong because we had people on our show that worked on the docks. And we're like, dude, we're bringing in the stuff. It's just really slow because some of our cranes are broken. So, I mean, and, and I'm not trying to you know, ruin anybody's day and I'm not trying to yell at anybody out there. I'm just trying to put the facts out there because this is one thing that I do here specifically is I, I focus on the truth and the facts and I try to get this information out there. And if someone is spreading bad information within the movement, I'll be the first one to step up because I hope that if I'm doing it, they're the ones that step up against me and call me out because yeah, absolutely, I corrected myself last night. 
I mean, I corrected myself like, oh, okay, you know, it looks like the United States Navy did it. Okay, my bad. <laughs> I mean, I'm constantly correcting myself. I know that. Yep. So, moving on. Sorry about that. Yeah, I mean, it's a real disservice when uh, bad information gets out there. Um, but it'll all get sorted out eventually. But I'm glad you looked into all that. Yep. And then getting back to the news, what we're talking about here, Poland and talks with the U.S. about nuclear weapons sharing. This is scary. Polish President Duda says he's in talks with the U.S. to host U.S. nuclear weapons in Poland in order to counter the growing threat from Russia. The U.S. has constructed a major new military installation in Poland just miles from the border with Ukraine. My theory? That installation is going to get bombed. Yeah, Russia said they're going to, right? Or not not specifically, but... So you, you have to know a little, what Derek Johnson would say, origin here, a little history of this. <laughs> During the 2016 election, Hillary Clinton, um, after she sold Russia all this uranium from the Uranium One scandal, um, after the United States couped Ukraine, was threatening Vladimir Putin. If you understood the 16-year plan, Hillary Clinton was supposed to come in, nuclear war for two years, then a biovirus outbreak, the diminishing of 50% of the human population, contingency of continuity of government, and then the new world order comes in. Um, she was threatening Vladimir Putin during this time by putting um, nuclear weapon or nuclear missile shield, shields um, technology in Turkey, Poland, and Ukraine. And Putin came out and said, if you do that, we will go to war. If you do that, there will be nuclear war. We will we will destroy them and there will be war. That was in 2016. This is one of the reasons why many people think that Vladimir Putin potentially helped Donald Trump get elected because he knew that Donald Trump was more peace oriented. Mm -hmm. Okay, so when we start seeing this, we already know Vladimir Putin's stance on putting nuclear weapons near the Russian border. It's not going to happen. He will stop it, and he will stop it by going to war. And so you'll see this facility blown up, and that's a NATO nation. And because of that, that'll spark the war. And so now NATO, NATO has their in to make it all happen. And I, I brought that up because there's so many things that can happen right now um, in this dynamic situation that cause war. And yeah. it's very volatile, so incredibly volatile. I don't know how war works or how laws work when it comes to war, but if Putin says, hey, look, I need to defend my country and I will at any cost, and I consider you putting weapons here that threat, and I will stop it immediately, is he responsible for starting a war at that point, or is it ambiguous and just up for interpretation for the whole world? Um, does that... Well, I, I think that um, Putin's not starting the war. The West is the one that's going to start the war. I mean, if, if they put nuclear weapons in Poland, that, that's basically an act of war. And they're yeah. also talking about well, doing it in Taiwan. Well, think about this, too. Um, just having ways to transport nuclear weapons is a huge threat. Yeah. And he could target anybody with with uh, the right aircraft or anything like that. Because who knows? You could just get a, They could just sneak a nuke onto any jet or whatever from certain countries. Yeah, like it's, absolutely. It's really dangerous. You don't know where the attacks are coming from. It's not always just apparent, right? Obviously, they do everything very secretively. That's right. Well, and then you also have this part of the equation. 
Europe activates two new pipelines, decreasing reliance on Russian gas ahead of the winter crunch. We talked about this briefly yesterday, but I want you to understand that this is the move of why the United States bombed the Nord Stream 1 and 2 pipeline, is to get these two pipelines activated. Why? Because they're trying to financially kill Russia. Mm -hmm. It's the same game over and over and over again. It always goes back to money. Yep. Russia lost their leverage, and now they can't sell that oil. Or gas, rather. Sorry. All right. Um, Let's jump in here. Treasury's liquidity problem exposes Fed to the biggest nightmare. You know, one thing that we've talked about here economically is the liquidity crisis that's going on. And now we're seeing this coming out in the mainstream news. The latest bout of global financial volatility has heightened concerns about regulators continuing failure to resolve liquidity problems with U.S. Treasuries, the debt that serves as a benchmark for the world. Um, You know, you have the Federal Reserve coming out and saying that you know, or the government and Federal Reserve all coming out and saying that the whole problem that we have right now is because of the interest rates and the interest rates got to come down. The interest rates are a tool used to stop what's happening. The reason we have this problem is because of the exact same thing that produced the liquidity problem is the overproduction of cheap money. And what this causes is when you have a liquidity problem like this, Yeah. Basically, you can't borrow short-term debt. You can't borrow short-term debt. How can you uh, fill supply orders? How can you import and export things? Okay? That's what businesses need is that short-term debt from the liquidity market. And so when you can't do that, you're going to have a massive supply chain crunch. So the Federal Reserve steps in and they pump money into that. The problem there right now is the Federal Reserve can't print more money. And so this is, and then when the Federal Reserve prints the money, they created bond on that debt. And then they have to sell that bond to somebody who wants to buy it. Well, the problem is, is there's no rate of return on those bonds because inflation is so high and there's so much money in circulation. So what we got here is a liquidity crisis, a money problem, an inflationary problem, and it's not going to stop. No. And when China does that dump of U.S. Treasuries back onto the market, Watch out. Economic warfare. They're going to usher in a new currency and start over. Yep. And what is the World Trade Organization saying? Warns darkened trade outlook could deteriorate further. The World Trade Organization forecasts a slowdown of global trade growth next year as sharply higher energy and food prices are rising interest rates, curb import demand, and warn of possible contractions if the war in Ukraine worsens. Okay, obviously they're throwing a lot of blame game out here, right? But specifically, what do they say? Forecast a slowdown of global trade growth next year as energy and food prices increase, increasing interest rates, and curb import demand. Why? Why would imports be curbed? Why would global trade slow down? Go back to the last story. Treasury's liquidity problem exposes Fed to the biggest nightmares because there's no money, there's no short-term debt for these corporations to borrow to go out there and buy the raw materials, and then there's no money for these companies that have the raw materials to send them out there because there's a liquidity crisis. Uh-oh. And so they're they're lying to you, but they're telling the truth at the same time. Yeah, their narrative's changing, so we know it's yep. definitely progressing. Well, yeah. we had the World Bank yesterday come out and say what? 
You know, the, the Federal Reserve in the United States they, needs to bring down interest rates to stop uh, a, a financial, global financial collapse. Well, IMF chief comes out today and says that central banks must keep tightening <laughs> despite recession risks. Yeah. This woman's smart. She's right. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Now, we knew that about 50% of the companies were going to lay off, start laying off employees, and we're starting to see this right now, right before the holiday and winter season. Walmart to lay off about 1,500 workers at Atlanta Fulfillment Center. You're going to start seeing this all over the place. That's a lot of workers, man. Mm -hmm. Germany warns natural gas could run out this winter, initiates desperate measures to reduce consumption. Excuse me. For the upper 20% of normal consumption, you will have, uh, certainly have to pay the full bill. Uh, Halfback clarified. The German government also launched a new price break program that will cover 80% of consumers' regular consumption. Uh, this will encourage more German people to use less gas this winter. They're even talking about um, rolling timed blackouts uh, of gas usage with throughout Europe throughout the winter. That's scary stuff, man. But, but see, there's no, there's not a shortage of energy no. in the world. That's there's the problem. No. There's plenty of energy in the world. There's just as much energy being coming out of the earth and going into supply as there was under Donald Trump. Well, there's not. I don't know, because we stopped a lot of that in the U.S. Well, and, and look what you got here. U.S. domestic oil industry waits for Biden to come crawling back after OPEC cuts oil production. Yeah, OPEC. They cut it hugely, by the way, if you guys didn't hear. One to two million barrels per day. Yeah. And not only that is, this is the other part. You remember we were just talking about Derek Johnson yeah. and we are talking about Patel Patriot, Devolution, all that stuff? Mm -hmm. Donald Trump's still president. Um, how did this energy crisis start? Joe Biden. Joe Biden doing what on uh, Inauguration Day? Cancel, canceling all of Trump's executive orders. He did it through executive order and stopped energy independence in the United States. He opened up the border by stopping the border wall. Which Trump couldn't do, by the way. Right. But he did that through executive order. Yeah. So if Trump was still president, why did those things happen? When people say, well, it's optics. It's not optics. It's because he's the acting legally, con and I'm doing quotation marks here, legally president, right? Yeah, because he's recognized as the president by the government. Yeah. He's the illegally placed legal president. Yep. Uh, another aspect of this is um, if Donald Trump was president, military vaccinations for COVID-19 wouldn't have been mandatory. And I know people are saying, well, you know, Space Force and all this stuff. Okay, well, guess what? Space Force was mandated to get the vaccines too. Not only that is Joe Biden has um, nominated and approved 28 generals in all the branches, even Space Force, in appointments this year. The more and more you look at it, the more and more it's statistically improbable. And you just have to look at evidence that says that it's true. Show me the evidence that says it's true. Well, this executive order, well, no, 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 no. Executive orders don't work that way. Oh, well, well, this this military law. Well, military law only plays during conflict. Or it only plays for active duty members. The president doesn't necessarily fall under the UCA, UCMJ. Okay? He's kind of over 
top of the UCMJ. The UCMJ, this this world, our country is not dictated by the constitutional law and military law. It doesn't work like that. Okay? Only active duty members of the military fall under the UCMJ. It's like penal codes. It's like it's like if you choose to drive a car, now you have to follow traffic law. That's the UCMJ. Though the law of war manual that only applies in the situation stipulated within the law of war manual in a time of war. Hence, it's called the law of war manual. And I'm not, I'm not saying we're not at war because we absolutely are, but there has been no formal declaration of war by Congress as per the constitution who they have the full right and ability to declare it. So I, I could go on and on with that stuff. It makes perfect sense to me, Josh. Yeah, I know. As New York City rents soar, dysfunction in Adams administration fuels housing crisis. Um, didn't he just came out the other day, Adams, and he was praising Donald Trump or something? I don't and recall that story. He was yelling at well, he was yelling at Joe Biden about a lot of stuff. Hmm. The immigration problem at the border and all the people being bused to uh, New York City, he was blaming Joe Biden for, which is good. It's about time. Did you see that this small Texas, this this Democrat run? Texas City mm-hmm. is busing more illegal immigrants to New York City than uh, Abbott is in DeSantis. Yeah. Wow. There's a Democrat ran city in Texas that is busing more illegal immigrants than the Republicans. That's hilarious, dude. But it, it's going to show you what we were talking about yesterday is that these people are more awake than you could ever believe. <laughs> uh oh. They're fractured. They're fractured. And Joe Biden's even talking about going to Maduro uh, in Venezuela to get oil. Instead of going back and crawling back to the U.S. natural gas industry, we'll go to Venezuela. Well, Venezuela's not going to do business with you because Venezuela's biggest buyers of oil is China. This is economic warfare that we're talking about right now. Venezuela's not going to do deals with you. They're going to align with OPEC. Well, they, you know, maybe they'll try to threaten them or do something sketchy. Nobody fucks with the Biden. Right. So nobody fucks with the Biden. So after the Kyoto Treaty in the 1990s, there came a United Nations agenda for more sustainable development. Out of this, we we heard of what was called Agenda 21 and something known as Codex Alimentarius. Now, Codex Alimentarius was really on the down low when it came to this, but this was really the the United Nations move to control the food supply and to implement genetically modified food products, patent them in, and really control the food supply. Hmm. I just saw this shit. Roxy sent it to me earlier. I had already seen it. I was already going to talk about it tonight, but I wanted to bring this up because this is Codex Alimentarius all throughout. United States Department of Agriculture now asking people to register their vegetable gardens for a national database. This is this is not a joke. No, this is real, man. I saw this. <clears throat> In a move that many folks are scratching their heads, the USDA has renewed its push for People's Garden Initiative, which now includes registering vegetable gardens nationwide. According to the USDA, the move is a foster a more diverse and resilient local food system to empower communities to address issues like nutrition access and climate change. But those who have been following the USDA closely for years know that they could care less about your health and nutrition. That's absolutely true. 
school gardens, community gardens, urban farms, small call, uh, scale agricultural projects in rural, suburban, urban areas can be recognized as people's gardens if they register on the USDA website. The criteria including benefiting the community, working collaboratively, incorporating concert, uh, conservation practices, and educating the public. These standards essentially define every community garden in the country. Now, the government organization that shells out billions of dollars each year to companies whose products like high fructose corn syrup are responsible for massive epidemic of obesity across the planet will have a database of them. We welcome gardens nationwide to join in the people's garden effort and in all it represents, said Secretary of Agriculture Tom um, Vislak. Local gardens across the country share USDA's goals of building more diversified and resilient local food systems, empowering communities to come together around expanding access to healthy food, addressing climate change, and advancing equity. Keyword there, advancing equity. What is the difference between equity and equality? Equality means equal opportunities. Equity means equal outcome. Equity is communism. We encourage existing gardens and new gardens to join the movement. Growing local food benefits local communities in so many ways. So basically what we're seeing here is this isn't just the United States, USDA initiative. This is a United Nations initiative. This is coming down by direction from the United Nations. That the USDA has adopted their program, which, by the way, came through a think tank known as the World Economic Forum. And they want you to register your gardens. They want to know what you're growing in there, what kind of seeds you're using. And eventually what they're going to do is once they see what people are using, they'll start making policies and regulations like, oh, you can't use heirloom seeds. You have to use these seeds. Exactly what they did with farmers. You remember what happened is, oh, you have to register your farmland with the state because it's a national security asset. Okay, you go in there and then they review everything they're doing. Then they come back and Congress passes law saying, hey, you can't use this. You can't use this fertilizer. You can't use this pesticide. You have to use this, this, and this, and this. Yeah, dude. And if you don't, fines, jail, all that yep. nonsense. fines, jails, and everything in between. They're like, and everything you pick, you need to fill out this card and mail it in every year. Otherwise, we're going to fine you. And we're going to audit you. And if you tattle on your neighbor, we'll give you free GMO tomato seeds. <laughs> well, and, and you got to remember what's also happening in the food supply here in the United States of America. The government, mainstream media have been gaslighting Americans about the food industry sabotage and mysterious fires. Over 135 food processing, manufacturing, and distribution facilities have caught on fire. They're not all out of the woods, but it does take its toll on them. You have had oil refineries and distribution centers blow up, about 15 to 20 of them. Um, We're having attacks on our infrastructure, and nobody's talking about it. Sean Hannity did a segment on this, and nobody cared. The guy's like, no, that's impossible. You can't do that. Yes, you can. I talk to people about it, and they're just mouth-breathing, totally clueless, man. So Elon Musk uh, came out and basically put the offer on the table for Twitter. Twitter declined it, and now it's kind of like in limbo. But Lindsey Graham has came out and threatened Elon Musk after he calls for de-escalation in the Ukraine-Russia war. Did you see this? I didn't see it. What did Lindsey Graham say? What a warmonger. Well, you know. You know I don't the, agree with everything Elon says, but he's calling for peace in this situation. I think yeah, he's right he on is. track. What did, what did Turtle Guy say? Turtle Guy said, with all due respect to Elon Musk, and I do respect him, I would suggest he needs to understand the facts of the Russian invasion of Ukraine. Suggestion we end the Russian invasion by simply giving Russia parts of Ukraine after all the suffering is dumb. It is also 
an affront to the bravery of the Ukrainians fighting to defend their homeland. In 1994, through the Budapest Memorandum, Ukraine gave up its nuclear weapons arsenal, the third largest in the world, in return for assurances their territorial integrity would be protected. It was an agreement signed by Russia that included protecting Crimea and the Donbass as part of Ukraine. If you want peace in Ukraine, all we uh, which we all do, simply demand Russia honor the boundaries that they agreed to in 1994 and withdraw forces. Now, I responded to this, okay? Okay, what'd you say? Now, what Lindsey Graham is talking about the Budapest Memorandum, okay? In this memorandum, it talked about how Ukraine would protect the Donetsk, the, Lon uh, the, Lonesk, the Donbass regions, and Crimea. In 2014, okay. after the United States coup, what did uh, Russia do? They annexed Crimea. Why? Because they were at war by their own country. Now, Vladimir Putin, for about the last 10 years, has been at the UN Security Council meeting saying what? People in the Lonesk, Lunesk and Donbass region are suffering from the Azov battalions that are killing their people and producing genocide with genetically targeted bioweapons from the U.S. biolabs in Ukraine, of which we know is true. And so Ukraine violated the treaty after the United States coup. And this is why Russia is doing what they're doing. But Lindsey Graham doesn't seem to care about that. Probably because his hands are dirty from it. Oh, my gosh. His hands are filthy, dude. I guarantee it. Yep. So I love this. We had Florida come out. Uh, remember, De DeSantis came out a few weeks ago and said that uh, he will no longer be supporting with uh, Florida pensioners, uh, BlackRock and Vanguard and those 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 companies. Yeah. Louisiana just did the same thing. Uh, State treasurer withdraws nearly eight hundred million dollars in funds from BlackRock over leftist ESG efforts. Yes. Yes, that's good. This is huge. Oh, this is yeah. This is great news. They're probably so pissed. Well, and they're gonna it's gonna keep on happening because they're the biggest pensioner in the United States. And if the states keep on removing their funds from them, they'll go bankrupt. Uh-huh. Yep. This is interesting. Um, as they lose arguments, climate science climate scientists call for the ban of dissenting views. That's right. The European Physical Journal Plus published a Springer Nature, published a review which looked at the data of possible changes in frequency or intensity of rainfall, cyclones, tornadoes, droughts, and other extreme weather events. On the basis of observational data, the climate crisis that, according to many sources, we are experiencing today is not evident, reads the summary of the 20-page study. To the average climate fanatic, these are fighting words. They insist that cow farts and gas-powered cars are heating up the planet, which turn in causing the bad weather in some areas from time to time, which Joe Biden just said after Ian when he was in Florida saying, oh, this proves one thing, that climate change is real. Well, here's the problem, is the climate crazies came out and demanded a retractment of this paper. <laughs> they said that you, you can't publish that. That needs to be retracted. Climate change is real. And they're, they're calling for the censoring of those scientists. Hmm. Props to any scientists out there actually using their science brains. Yeah, that's right. Th this is kind of fucked up here. Oklahoma middle school anarchist teacher says he wants to burn down the entire system. I'm your parent now. He was caught telling students. Disgusting, dude. I saw another video of this woman with a scary mask. I saw this. Scaring the children, like preschool or kindergartners. Yeah. I was... 
Just so I would have knocked her out. Oh my gosh, dude! I I, I won't hit a woman until that person Ooh. violates a child. Then I'll I heard a, I heard a really good debate about that about about that situation. Um, yeah. Well, a public school teacher in Oklahoma was fired back in April from one school system for brainwashing students into extremism and back at it again to another. Tyler Wren now teaches English to eighth graders at Will Rogers Middle School in Tulsa, and his curriculum includes telling students to reject their parents and choose him as their new parent. I'm an anarchist, Wren told Project Veritas during an interview. Remember when the Boston Teachers Union was caught pushing assassination and legitimate form of resistance against oppression? So I have a rather large TikTok following. I'm an authority figure. So I publish a Christmas message of, hey, if your parents don't love and support you for who you are this Christmas, fuck them. I'm your parent now. I love you. Drink some water. I'm proud of you. How that message ties to the English lessons is remains unclear, but it gets worse. Rin says his goal is to burn down the entire system, which includes the removal of all Christianity and religion from progressive thought because religion is inherent, uh, inherently hierarchical. Um, this is kind of an anarchist who doesn't know what true anarchy is. Um, true anarchy just means self-governance, self-rule is that I don't need to live in a society of consensus rule basis and yeah. governance, but instead I should be able to rule and dominate my own life. When you talk about these ones that come out to do this type of stuff. No. Yes. So that's a great, uh, I just want to clarify that as well, Josh, the definition of anarchy and this guy is just a radical yep. but um like i'm an anarchist when it comes to my garden i want to grow whatever the hell i want without permits all right and i want my neighbor to be able to do the same and maybe grow something different than me so we could trade you know what i mean that's yeah. anarchy <laughs> it's not yeah that's anarchy <laughs> so this guy's an idiot biden pardons thousands of drug convicts then calls governors to act by declassifying marijuana um it's an election year they're in dire straits right now they're in tough situation and they need to try to win as many votes as possible you're gonna see biden do an executive order that decriminalized marijuana probably in the next few days (laughs) you know what though i think this is another move to get more crime on the streets and to make our neighborhoods even more dangerous despite me being okay with somebody i don't think people should be in prison forever for marijuana but I think this is also mm-hmm. a move towards destabilizing our our uh, possibility. It's a good possibility. I think that that process should be watched closely because you don't want to release somebody who has violent crimes along with their marijuana charge. Now, the next story I'm going to talk about is actually something that I've mentioned here multiple times. Um, I was talking to attorney Tom Rents a while back and he told me about this that one of the dod whistleblowers gave him this document um and when we talk about the 28 bio labs in ukraine what if i told you that covid was created there and that the majority of the research the original chimerial viral component was created in ukraine in the bio labs well, how about this? U.S. Department of Defense issued a contract for COVID-19 research to a company in Ukraine named Black & Vish three months before COVID-19 was known to exist. Wah, wah. Right there. So it's starting to look that way, Josh. Yep. Recipient Black & Vish Special Projects Corporation, right there. That is in Ukraine, Labyrinth Global Health. 
uh, SEM manufacturing documentation and COVID-19 research right there. And this date is September, or sorry, this is October 13th, 2012 or 2020 uh, mm-hmm. for the end date. This means that it was published on 11-12-2019. Um, but the documents that we've seen go back to August 2019. Wow. Incredible. So I guess then Ukraine would have had to try to frame China and Wuhan with their lab. They're like, yeah, oh, I they think that's to- what it was. It was to frame China because she was pulling away from the globalists. Xi was pulling away from the globalist. He was going to do his own thing. He had probably already aligned with Donald Trump. And they wanted to set him up. And Trump probably told him, look, Xi, I'm going to talk a lot of shit, but it's just for optics, just for this. Not that I'm your bud, but I, if they had a plan. I don't yep. know. Anyway. All right. I'm going to read this. this will, uh, so, by the way, as a reminder, we're going to – let's do the uh, battle of the streams real quick. All right. Yeah, they're going at it, man. Are they? That's, they're hilarious. You guys are awesome. Those fox holders just make me giddy. They make me laugh. Okay. Chana315 donated one ice cream, eight ice cream, and eight lemons. Thank you so much, Chana. Much appreciated. X Grits X donated three ice creams. Patriotic Pisces donated four ice cream. Yay, donated four ice creams. Thank you so much, Grits, Patriotic Pisces, and yay. Uh, there's the Candace Taylor. We'll do that one uh, another time. Yay, donated six ice cream. Thank you again. Yay. Video Demon Slayer gifted a cookie lurking with love. Thank you so much, Video Demon Slayer. Vader369 gifted a ship. Much love, 07. Thank you so much, Vader369. Metaphor M gifted a cookie for RPP dipping into my reserves. Thank you so much, Metaphor M. Patriot Bird donated 500 gold pills. Oh, thank you so much, Patriot Bird. Much appreciated on that. She also gifted a cookie for Fig. Another Cookie for Raja. Thank you so much, Patriot Bird. Those are awesome. Barber shops, Barber's Lines Matter gifted 10 one-month subscriptions to users in the channel. Thank you so much, Barber's Lines Matters. X-Grits X just followed us on DLive. Thank you so much, X-Grits S. Vader369 gifted shades for Fig, Raja, and Mega Metamorph. Thank you so much, Vader369 and everybody out there. Me, Brenda, donated one Ninja Guinea. Thank you so much, me, Brenda. Meow Meow Time gifted one-month subscription to Ali D. Thank you so much, Meow Meow Time. Much appreciated for that. Also, a one-month subscription to RMRM. Thank you so much, Meow Meow Time. And Yay donated one ice cream again. You guys are awesome. Thank you so much for all those. I'm gonna we're gonna end here with this one. Un, the vax, unvaccinated are the best of mankind. And then you see the picture of unvaccinated lives matter. You're gonna make me cry, man. I love this. Yeah, French General Christian Blanchon, age 58, commanded the first parachute regiment at Toulouse. He served as an officer in the operations in Lebanon, Chad, Central Africa, and Kosovo. And on September 9, 2022, his highly respected general published a tribute to the unvaccinated, which has gone viral on social media, but is being ignored by the mainstream media. The content reads, They're there, by your side. They seem normal, but they're superheroes. Even if I were fully vaccinated, I would admire the unvaccinated for withstanding the greatest pressure I've ever seen, including from spouses, parents, children, friends, co-workers, and doctors. Humans who have been capable of such personality, such courage, and such critical ability undoubtedly embody the best of humanity. They are everywhere, in all ages, levels of education, countries, and opinions. They are a special kind. These are the soldiers that the Army of Light would wish to have in their ranks. They are the parents every child deserves and the children every parent dreams of. They are beings above the average of their society, They are the essence of the peoples who built all cultures and conquered horizons. They are there 
by your side. They seem normal, but they are superheroes. They did what others could not. They were the tree that withstood the hurricane of insult, discrimination, and social exclusion. And they did it because they thought they were alone and believed they were alone. Shout out, shut out from their families, Christmas tables. They have never seen anything so cruel. They lost their jobs. They dropped their careers. They ran out of money, but they didn't care. They suffered untold discrimination, denunciations, betrayals, and humiliations, but they carried on. Never before in human history has there been such discrimination. We now know who the resistors are on the planet Earth. Women, men, old, young, rich, poor, of all races and all religions, the unvaccinated. The chosen of the invisible ark, the only ones who managed to resist when everything collapsed. It is you who passed the unimaginable test that many of the toughest Marines, Commandos, Green Berets, astronauts, and geniuses could not pass. Christian Blachon, General french army wow i will never comply is right and guys that's all we have with you tomorrow we're going to be doing uh dark delight the morning morning coffee and uh conversations on the fringe tomorrow is most likely going to be open lines unless i can find a guest and you know how that usually works i usually i can find a good one but we'll see if we can find a guest if not we're gonna do open lines it might be me and vince with open lines it might just be me and someone else i don't know we'll see but i'll let you guys know but much love, respect, God bless you guys, all of you out there. I hope you guys have a fantastic day. Don't forget to visit our sponsors, getgoldtoday.com, if you want to get that gold and silver before the market collapse. My Patriot Supply, redpills.tv slash patriot, if you need to get stocked up. They're stocking up on radiation tablets. I suggest you stock up on food and water. Um, and that helps support everything that we're doing here at the Red Bull Project. But much love, respect, God bless. Have a good night.